What's up, guys? Welcome back to my YouTube channel, Monica Talk Cyber, and a fantastic episode of We Talk Cyber with Monica. And today's episode is dedicated to ransomware. If you wish to hack your career, grow personally, and learn about tech, cybersecurity, and leadership, then hit the subscribe button right away. This is Monica Talk Cyber. In today's episode, we'll be talking to an industry expert, a hacker, a researcher, and a dear friend of mine, someone who has worked in this industry for over decades and a store inspiration. So we'll be talking to Chris Roberts on how has exploitation through ransomware really evolved over the last years and what does it mean for businesses going forward? What are some of the ransomware and cybercrime trends that we're seeing? How is the advancement in technology and intelligence really shaping the ransomware landscape and what risks and opportunities does it provide? What about ethics and the legal landscape in case of a ransom demand? So if you wish to learn, grow, and be a part of this journey, hit the subscribe button, click on the notifications bell, and let's meet our guest right away. This is We Talk Cyber with Monica. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very, very much for having me back on again. Much appreciated. Lovely to have you back. Um, let's just start with maybe you saying a few words about yourself, although you've already been on the show and people really know you, everybody knows you, but maybe just still say a few words about yourself and share a fun fact. All right, so a few words. I think to your point, everybody probably has figured out what, what I am or who I am. So obviously virtual CISO, you know, the hacker side of the world. All right, fun fact. Um, all right, we'll go back to my school days. So when I was but a school child, I was in uh, in England. We have uh, all the school plays. I was in the chorus line for HMS Pinafore at the school play by Gilbert and Sullivan. So yeah, <laughs> you can imagine me as a, a young brat of a kid in the chorus line singing. It's a scary proposition. Oh, my God, that sounds fantastic, Chris. Lovely, lovely, lovely. <laughs> scary. Very scary. <laughs> Welcome to the show again, and let's hop right into the conversations. I mean, we have seen already ransomware as one of the biggest and, and most used cyber attack forums and malwares in the last decade, basically. Yeah. It has it has skyrocketed. And if you look just the last years, it has become it has grown massively uh, for all sectors, no matter which whether you're health or finance or retail or whatever. And for all different kind of organizations, whether it's small mid 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 sized companies or large enterprises and corporations. Um, what are some of the other trends that you've seen in, with regards to ransom attacks? I think, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's it's increasing and increasing and increasing year on year on year because, you know, if I'm sitting there, we always tend to forget this. If we sit on the other side of the fence, the attacker's side of the fence, this is business. This is, you know, I've got to pay my bills. I've got to pay for my, you know, my cars that end up on TikTok and YouTube. And I've got to, you know, I've got to pay all of my people and the bribes and everything else I need to pay. So this is business. And from their standpoint, just like anything in the commercial world, you're going to go after maximum profits. So minimal time investment, maximum profits. If I can find ways into companies that have maybe not been exploited or previously exploited or just simple exploits that we keep forgetting to deal with, including, unfortunately, the human that we still haven't educated and all the, all the defaults that we've left in place, 
I'm going to take advantage of those. You know, I'm going to continually use those. And as the frameworks get better, and I think this is where we get the trends, as the frameworks get better for doing that, I don't have to invest in my own technology. I don't have to invest in my own exploits. I mm-hmm. sure as I don't have to. I can use all of the other commerce resources and just execute my payloads, take over the company, ransomware, and take the profits. So it's, it's a nice business. Exactly. And you touch a very interesting point here with the framework and the technology. I mean, you look at the advancement of technology, we're already using machine learning, we're advancing in the field of all art, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, all the different advancements that are happening in the technology for um, in the technology area. How does that advancement really has shaped or is shaping and will continue to shape the ransomware attacks? Well, I think, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an arms race. I mean, it always has been, it always will be. And to your point, you, if, you throw an, if you throw like intelligence and machine learning, no matter what we do to counteract it, we'll see those same advances on the negative side. So, you know, if I'm an attacker, not only am I taking your data, I'm going to look through that data. I'm going to understand about you. I'm going to drop it into a big data pile and literally point my own machine learning and my algorithms at it and go, tell me how else I can attack them. Tell me who their third parties are. Tell me. I'm using that data in exactly the same way we do in the legitimate side of the world. Mm-hmm. Understand my advert to understand who I'm attacking, to understand what their dependencies are, to understand how to manipulate them and all of their dependencies down the chain. And so you'll see that adversarial machine learning also. Come. I mean, that's an, well, we'll talk, touch on that one in a minute. That's a huge, huge other side of the world. Yeah, I think we so, can go on. We can talk about machine learning probably an entire episode. It's like a whole interesting field by itself and the things that are happening there. I mean, the point really is that when the technology advances, the benefits that are there that it brings along with it, then obviously they're used or abused and misused by the attackers to do what they want to do, which is attack. And, And as you say, profit. What are some of the attack vectors in terms of ransomware the cyber criminals that have been using it uh, to execute ransomware? What kind of attack vectors are they using? So, I mean, we're still seeing a huge, a huge influx of the business attacks, the business email attacks, you know, the acronyms they use. But at the end of the day, it is an adversary sending an email into a machine and then somebody, unfortunately, executing something off of it, compromising, clicking something, whatever it might be. So there's a ton of those. I mean, it's it's still one of the easiest and simplest, fastest, quickest, and to some degree, most automated attacks out there. Because again, our data is already out there on the, again, on the commercial side of the world. You know, at least in the US, there's four or five different commercial applications. There's White Pages 411, there's LinkedIn, there's all of these other technologies that have captured all of our email addresses and all of our corporate emails and the adversaries have done exactly the same. They've harvested from those and others. So they have all of our business emails and business telephone numbers. So let's just drive a bus straight through the business email compromise, number one. We're still we're seeing a huge amount in the third-party side of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. this is one of the – Gabriel and I were talking about this the other day, again, about doing another one of these types of discussions on – how do we raise awareness in our third parties and our supply chain? So again, my front door and my back door might actually be pretty well secured, but that doesn't necessarily mean that my vendors and suppliers are. That doesn't mean my trusted mm-hmm. parties are, are looked after. So huge amount of attacks coming in that way. 
the very human that at one point in time that we were like, oh, you know, machines will replace them. The very human that we don't educate that sits in the chair that is our most valuable asset is unfortunately still the one that's still being uh, taken advantage of all too often. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting. I mean, uh, we have seen these supply chain attacks that have also increased over the last years. We have seen Cloud Hopper, we have seen Vipro being attacked, we have seen Cognizant being attacked, and there's obviously a lot of benefit in the in attacking these service providers because if you get a foothold there, it's probably easy to traverse uh, to their customers' networks and so on. Do you believe and do you see it happening and, and the likelihood of that, that this complexity that the, the supply chains now bring with themselves and the uh, and how they span globally, that when a service provider is ransomware, um, it could be very much, much likely that it's just ransomware in the customer's networks as well. And how how would be the impact of that on the entire supply chain then? We, I mean, perfect. I mean, that's hitting the nail on the head, to be perfectly honest. It's one of those biggest issues. And I think it's two different ways of looking at it. So we had the problem a couple of years ago now where one of the biggest service providers, and, and again, I think this is interesting because we all think of supply chain as the, the lorry or the truck turning up. Oh, that's on my supply chain, my factory in a different country. No, your supply chain is the cloud provider that you handed all of your data to as well. So we saw this issue a couple of years ago where you know everybody was charging to the cloud and they took their existing infrastructure, dunked it in the cloud with exactly the same problems and wondered why they were still getting hit with things. Then you saw that people didn't ask all the right security questions. So we mm-hmm. had all these problems with all these open you know, buckets and all these open areas where the cloud provider was like, hey, here's the instruction book on how to secure it. And everybody's like, oh, we'll be fine. And then just puts it up there. But you're right. If I hit one provider and I know an exploit, I might not be able to get into them and then exploit everybody else. But what I can do is if that provider hasn't made sure that all of their companies that they're looking after are secure, that one attack, I could just rinse and repeat it everywhere, which is what we saw with the S3 buckets and various other things. Correct. And see what works. I mean, it's basically just shooting out and trying what works and who can get ransomware through that. The, yeah. Because that brings me to the other point as well, that the ransomware has obviously increased massively over the last decade. It, But when a company gets attacked or a ransomware, uh, the impact is obviously very high, right? Most of the times their operations completely come to a halt and uh, it's difficult to come back to normal operations and so on. Um, but what, what I find interesting is that the likelihood has now increased drastically, um, especially because of the convergence of the IT, OT, IIoT, and and cloud and everything, the attack surface is just massive, which means that the likelihood, uh, the chance of that getting actually executed and somebody being ransomware in the entire supply chain has has increased massively. So increasing the risk by a large amount of factor. How do you see that? Do you have a similar uh, experience? What do you have seen around with the with the work that you've been doing and so on? Oh, hugely so. I mean, uh, one of the talks or a couple of the talks I've given this year, we put the statistics out. And it was, you know, it, the, the, the mean time to entry, the mean time to discovery, the mean time to get me out of your damn network when, I've, when you eventually find me, the amount of data we're stealing. So, you know, the amount of data we're losing, I think, is sitting at like 22 or 23 million records per day globally. 
And then the scary one was the probability of you succumbing to an attack is now 30%. It's like 30, 30, 33%. So you have a one in three chance of walking out of your front door and getting run over by a ransomware truck. I mean, that's not good odds. That's terrible. Those are terrible odds, absolutely. And and that brings me to the next question. Why are businesses finding it still so much challenging to defend against ransomware attacks? I think a couple of different reasons. Um, first, so I think there's a couple of different reasons. We still have the mentality as humans that it won't happen to me. We carry that into our business world, and you see it all too often that people are like, well, it won't. It, it happens to somebody else, but it won't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very, it's a very, very human thing that we translate into a business world. I think that's number one. I think number two is, as a technology person, we have not done a very good job of coming to the table with the business and helping them understand in a business risk way. We've been really good at walking and going, ah, we need another firewall because of blah, 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 blah. Or we need another blah, 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 blah. And six acronyms come out of my mouth, at which point the CEO is like, yes, time out. <laughs> no, how can I help you? You know, we haven't communicated effectively. We're getting better at it. You know, mm-hmm. to your point, the, the amazing stuff that you're doing with helping people understand what is the role of a CISO? What is the role in the business sense? That's fantastic, and we need more of that. So keep doing that, please. But that's what we need. We need that effective communication. To your point, we have increased complexity. Complexity is at a point now where we cannot keep up. We failed. You know, we can't keep it up. We we just can't do it. There's so much complexity. We've got, you know, once upon a time, it was we had a three-tier architecture. It was the database, the application layer, and the bit on the wibbly-wobbly web that we pointed at the internet and said, have at it. Uh-huh. And then we were like, oh, we're going to virtualize this and virtualize this and do this. Then we're going to do six things up here. Then we're going to have this weird thing called containers and Kuba. What the heck is Netics? And, we're gonna, and, and all of a sudden, this stack has just done this. And then we're like, oh, we're going to put it all in the cloud. Uh, and then uh, and you've got, you know, you've got everybody going, how the hell does this all glue together? And that makes it obviously very challenging. And the next point that I want to touch is what you also brought together here is that the the attackers and cyber criminals that are obviously ransomwareing the organization companies want to benefit from it, want to profit from it, want to make a business. They, they, this is their own business, right? That they're kind yeah. of running in the background. Um, we have obviously seen historically, or even even now, when when organizations get ransomware, um, the advices that they get and from the authorities or from the uh, organizations or other peers or whatever, it's like don't negotiate with the attackers, right? Don't pay ransom, and and this is definitely not advisable for many reasons. One, you don't have a guarantee you will get your data back, you'll get your operations back. You don't know that. Two, you're kind of also fooling and 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 promoting this kind of like cyber crime in a way. So there's like there's ethics involved there. Um, and now recently you're also seeing that in, in US, for example, authorities have come out that if you do end up paying ransom to cyber criminals or cyber groups, uh, cyber crime groups uh, that are under sanctions, then you might actually be risking violating law, right? And that's the perspective. That's the right thing to do. That's what the authorities are saying. And, and uh, that's one side of it. Now let's look at the other side, the organizations and the businesses, right? 
they obviously want to get back to their normal operations. They're losing a lot of money every second, every minute, um, independent of what kind of business it is, or they're kind of losing essential services if they are in a critical um, infrastructure uh, area. And they want to get that back, even though there is no guarantee when there is a slight probability or a possibility of getting it back, obviously you think from a human perspective, oh, you know what? Okay, I'll pay you. Just give me the damn thing back so I can start reoperating and doing at least the core business or the essential services. And then also coupling those things with cyber insurance. A lot of organizations still don't have one. So now lies the two sides of the coin. Um, what are your thoughts on the decisions that the organizations at the end, at the end, um, take or will take and how do you see the landscape changing in terms of regulating paying ransom uh, it's it's a huge issue uh, i mean so here let me let me let me set the scene for you and this is yeah. where we get a little interesting so on one hand you have the fbi going you will never pay the ransom way you should never pay the ransom way now let's say i'm a healthcare i'm a i'm a healthcare provider okay and my my hospital has gone down because something happened so I'm sitting there and I got this, I got, you know, Fred from the FBI on the phone. Now, Fred's telling me, don't pay the ransom. Fred's grandmother is in on ICU in that healthcare facility. And she's uh, an hour away from ICU shutting down because it's got a nice big red screen with a big X on it. Shit ain't working. She's in ICU. Are you really going to tell me, hey, Fred, yeah, your grandmother, yeah, you told me don't pay the ransom way, yeah, you better come pay your last respects to her because she's dead in an hour. Click. Or another scenario, you know, um, manufacturing facility, and we're seeing them get hit more. So manufacturing facility shuts down. So let's just say it's a smelter. It's steelworks, a big American thing. Well, big American and Chinese thing. So steelworks, okay, steelworks is shut down. I got a thousand people on the shop floor who were looking at me for their Christmas pay. Am I really going to tell those thousand people, hey, the FBI told me that I can't pay the ransomware. Um, we're going to shut down this business we've run for the last 50 years. Ever so sorry, you can't get lost checks because we can't get into the system. Um, yeah, have a nice Thanksgiving and a nice Christmas. That is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. This is where it gets really frustrating because you're right. On one side, you don't want to pay the criminals. You don't want to do this. But on the other side, are you really going to kill people? And are you going to put people on the streets because you didn't do what maybe you should have done? We haven't even talked about the, the fix the damn problem. That isn't going to happen. So it is a dilemma. And let's face it, most companies will pick up the phone to the ransomware folks and go, give me your data back. Now, if I'm running a proper business, I will make sure that you get your key back. You hand me money. I will Because if I don't, mm -hmm. in 12 months' time, when I ransomware you again because you didn't fix all your shit, I, if, I, if I didn't give you the keys back last time, you won't pay me because you won't trust me. Mm -hmm. But just like the Silk Road, if you think about the Silk Road, you go back several thousand years ago, I'd come along, I'd stop the merchants with their camels, I'd smack a few of them upside the head, I wouldn't kill them, because if I kill them, I can only take their money once. But if I beat them up a little bit and I take, let's say, 10% or 20% of their takings and let them go on their way, next year when they come back, I'll take another 10 or 20%. I've got a revenue stream. Mm -hmm. Same thing with ransomware. Why wouldn't I give you keys back? Because I'll just come in in 12 months' time and I'll take more money from you. I mean, that's the thing, because the criminals are running this as a business and. Yeah. The ethics, obviously, it's it's not a discussion. 
ethically, it would be wrong to pay the ransomware, uh, to pay the ransom. Makes sense, totally. But yeah. again, the question really is that there is a whole difference between now the impact of ransomware is a business operation stopping and losing uh, money versus when we go to a point where the biological world is completely converged with the digital world and the impact is so high that now we're talking right. really people's lives are at yep. stake. Do you see any kind of regulations or landscape changing around how this will be regulated going forward? Well, that's, I mean, that's where the US has, has put its foot down saying, you know, thou shalt not pay the ransomware. And, and I'm like, and thou shalt's economy go collapsing, which would you like to have happen? I mean, let's face it. We've been doing this for thousands of years with risk of, of annoying the hell out of the mafiosa and the Russian families and all of those other, how should we say, um, families that protect businesses. This is no different. Wasn't there one case, though? Actually, I, I think somebody, yeah, there was like this DDoS attack where they DDoSed some non-critical yes. services to yep. prove that they can. And then they were like, oh, you know what? Hey, if you don't pay me, we're going to yeah. DDoS your entire critical infrastructure and we can. And again, actually, we'll take that in a second. On our business side of things, we haven't done enough to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have gone chasing down the technology route. We've, you know, we've let's face it, we've prostrated ourselves over every piece of technology known to mankind in the hope that it's going to fix all of our problems. And let's face it, it isn't because we ignored the human, we ignored communication, we ignored policies and procedures, and we played games. We did everything we could to pass an audit. Mm -hmm. And it's simple. Now we pay the price. I mean, there are obviously the human aspect of it and the technical aspect of it. Yeah. But if you think about ransomware specifically, I feel mm -hmm. like that's one of the malwares and attacks where even the technical part, the businesses have not, uh, they don't have it under control. I mean, how many organizations actually do proper offline backups? How regularly? I mean, it's not that, I mean, at the very least, if you get ransomware, I have not heard anyone saying, you know what, hey, wait, we do have a backup of our critical services, which we can bring back. But now, so here again, so you've been in this industry long enough. You remember, oh, it's backup day. You pull the tape off the wall. You put it in there. You <laughs> wait your four hours. You pull the tape up. And then Iron Mountain would turn up and you take the tapes and you'd be like, go look after these damn things for me. Mm -hmm. You lost that. Why? Right. Well, we'll put it all up in the cloud and we'll use the same password that we use here that we use in the cloud and we'll maintain that connection because we have to have it and the cloud will back it up for us. Absolutely. Uh, but but it's the same. And then ransomware attacks are perfect. They don't now just go in and attack this computer. They go in and they're like, where are you backing up to? What can I find? What passwords? What systems? So they have responded to that mentality mm -hmm. by basically going off and spawning services to basically encrypt all the damn backup. If you'd asked me that question 15 years ago, I'd be like, well, everybody's backing up to take nowadays, 5%, 10%, maybe if we're lucky. Having talked so much about it now, what would be your recommendations to the organizations? I think the offline backup, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that line. Seriously, not just, I mean, take the tape out put it in the safe and make a copy of the stupid thing because what's going to happen? Oh, we'll recover. You plug the damn tape in and somebody encrypts the tape. Seen that happen as well. Um, <laughs> not pretty. 
not pretty. So I think that's the big one. Make sure that you can recover. But before you, probably even before you do that, get everybody around the table. So get you on the CISO, get the CFO, get a few of you around the table and go, what would kill our business? Mm -hmm. What would kill it inside 24 hours? And that to me is the big thing. First, you've got to understand yourself. And you've got to be honest. Let's face mm -hmm. it. We've, got some, we've all got to look in a mirror and go, did we just fool the last audit? And if we did, what did we fool them with? Secondly, what will kill me? And then thirdly, can I get that onto an offline backup? So worst case scenario, I, I lose all my periphery, but I can still keep paying the very people that are, I'm responsible for. I can keep my patients alive and all those other things. That's, I think, would be the three things for me. Yeah. Lovely conversations, Chris. I feel like you coming on the podcast show is literally one of the highlights of the podcast oh, show. Kind. Thank you. This is fun. It's fun hanging out with you. I get to hang out I with you. I have conference. your I have your commitment online, right? That you're coming on every season, right? <laughs> yes. Totally. Yes. Did he did he totally. just say that? I'm yep, I'm in. Fantastic. Bring the wolf mat with me too. Right. So so we have witnesses. Awesome. No, but absolutely Thank lovely. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast show today. Thank you for having me. So that was today's episode of We Talk Cyber with Monica. I'm your host, Monica Verma. I'll be back with more fantastic episodes, amazing guests, and fun conversations. Until then, take care and stay safe and continue tuning in.